Good to be here. My name is Pastor Jason Munkowski. If you cannot pronounce my last name, that's okay. I can't either. So don't worry about it. But it's good to be here. I am um, been a youth pastor for the past six years in Bourbonnet, Illinois. I pastor Terry Angels out in Bourbonnet. Who knows where Bourbonnet is? Who here is a Chicago Bears fan? Well, if you're a Chicago Bears fan and where their training camp is in Bourbonnet, Illinois, that's their only claim to fame there in Bourbonnet. But, um, I had, I, being a youth pastor, it gave me a right to act immature and get away with it. Now that I'm a pastor, I can't do that anymore, like sticking twizzles up my nose, stuff like that. So, um, but it's good to be here. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If you're not familiar with it, where that is, that's in the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Um, it's a good, uh, it's a good opportunity to be here. Brother Tommy mentioned, um, that we were friends, and yes, he knows, the more he knows about me, I'm still shocked he wants to be my friend. But, um, We've been able, we had an opportunity to spend some time together. We went to Oklahoma, out to a church players convention. A lot of fun. I don't know. I'll tell you one story out there in Oklahoma. We were, uh, we were uh, folks in the in the church were kind enough to let us use their house. So it was me, Brother Tommy, and a guy named Stephen Barr who started our church, and another gentleman who I'm forgetting now. I lost just three of us. Yeah, Jeremy Houston. All four of us are church planners, and we're there. And this guy, this gentleman in the house, he had a uh, wireless internet. And so, uh, I, you know, I don't know what I was doing, but we had a wireless internet. I put my laptop on. You know how it is if you have Wi-Fi on your laptop, you can connect to the internet. I don't know how it happened, but for some reason, my laptop decided to take over the whole house. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everyone else lost internet except for me, and they're all trying to go to my internet, my laptop. My laptop was like taking over. It was crazy, like Return of the Martians or something. Uh, anyway, we got the thing resolved, and they were all yelling at me. And Tommy was the only one that wasn't cussing at me. He's probably thinking about cussing. But uh, Pastor Murtry is a blessing. I appreciate Pastor Murtry for sure. He's a good friend, and it's good to be here. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to look in verse 38 to verse 42. And when he found us, yell, Amen. 
Amen. Amen. All right. Luke ten thirty eight fourteen. God's word says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet, and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And tonight I preach to you on a simple topic, the one needful thing. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I love you and thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I thank you for how good you are to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this good church, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this good church here in Rock Falls. Thank you for Pastor Murtry, Lord, and the willingness of his family to come out here, Lord. And I thank you for the dear people in this church, Lord. What a blessing it is to see some good folks here, Lord. I pray you bless them, Lord. I pray you use them in a mighty way, Father. I pray you be with them. Lord, I thank you for how good you are to us. Thank you for this church. I pray you be the message tonight. Use it. Fill me, Holy Spirit, and I pray you speak to the hearts as only you can. All this we ask in your name. Amen. So two guys are walking in the woods one day, and they're uh, happy walking along, and they come across this gigantic hole in the woods. Now, if you've ever seen a hole, what's the first, especially if you're a guy in here, if you see a hole, what's your, what's your temptation to do? Throw a rock in it, right? Absolutely. I'm hoping not jump in it. <laughs> Always a very short hole. Um, so these guys have a walk across and see a hole, and, there's a, and they say, you know, let's throw a rock down and see how deep the hole is. And they throw a rock down a hole, they drop the rock, does it hit a bottom? What in the world? The guy bottomed this hole somewhere. They think, well, surely it hits a bottom. The hole, the rock was too small. We just didn't hear it hit the bottom. So they find a bigger rock, like a big rock, and throw down the hole. No bottom. What in the world? Now these guys are stumped. They're like, this guy at bottom somewhere. Surely this hole doesn't go all the way to China. So they find a bigger rock. They find a big, huge rock. Takes two of them, two of them, both these men, and all their muster and strength, and throw it down the hole. One. Two, three. Eee! No bomb. It's not hitting anywhere. They're like, oh my goodness, there's got to be a bomb this hole, surely. So they think, we've got to find a bigger object, something so big so when it hits, we'll hear it. So they take, a, they take almost a half hour looking around the woods and finally find it. A giant railroad tie. It's been waterlogged, probably sitting there for months. With all their strength they can, they pick up this railroad tie, and they bring it over. It takes a half hour to get that railroad tie over that hole. They go, one... Two, three, and throw that railroad tie down that hole. Eee! Nothing. But the weirdest thing happens. A goat, yes, a goat, follows after him, jumps down the hole. Eee! Whatever goats do. All right, and they forget, they give up, they walk away. Ten minutes later, a farmer is walking in the woods, and he comes up to those two guys and says, Hey, fellas, you happen to see a goat in the woods? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, sure we did. It's the funniest thing, Mr. Farmer, we just saw him jump down a hole. The farmer said, that's impossible. My, my goat was tied to a railroad tie. Bad jokes, all right. Come right. <laughs> on here. Because then it was a comedian, praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> all right, fellas, all in all seriousness, I wanted to give it to you, kind of loosen you up here tonight. But it's good to be here. Folks, I tell you what, if I, I, I haven't even started my church yet. I start next Sunday in Quincy. But we had something called Get Acquainted Meetings. They're nothing like an open house. That's what they're pretty much like. And we've had some folks come already. I mean, I'm so excited to meet those people. We, my wife and I have been praying over them and excited about these folks. And I tell you what, I'm sure your preacher, Pastor Murtry, is, is so excited you're here tonight. 
I mean, I was excited when those people came in. I just wanted to spend as much time with them. Those people are so valuable to me over there in Quincy. I can't, I can't portray to you enough how much those folks mean to my family and I that come to our church. And I believe this preacher here thinks it feels the same way about you folks, man. It's a blessing to him knowing that you're here tonight. And I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to speak to him if I can't help it, but I'm sure he feels that way about all of you. Now here in the message tonight, we talked about Mary, uh, Jesus Christ, and there was Mary and Martha. And real quick, um, uh, Martha is in. Um, is she, Martha Mar- Martha is making a big meal for Jesus Christ. And Mary, Mary is while Martha's making the meal, Mary, her sister, is sitting by his feet. He's like the one is he's sitting down, and he's probably talking to her about the Lord and about well, himself. He's the Lord. He's, he's talking about many things, and, and he's probably just giving her some uh, some help and trying to help her as a, to grow as a Christian. And while Mary's sitting at, at at his feet, Martha's in the kitchen making food, and she's probably, she's getting angry because Mary should be helping her. And you know how it is, ladies. If you're in the kitchen cooking. You want to get your husband's attention. What do you do? You bang a pot and pan. Bang, bang, bang. You know, maybe maybe you break some glass for for effect. Bang or something. You know. And that's what Mary was. That's what Martha was doing. She was angry. She was not happy that uh, that Mary wasn't helping her. Okay. And that's the story we're here today. Now, let me kind of make an application. I'll move on. I believe, I've only met you folks maybe 10 minutes, but already I know, I believe you folks have a heart to be a help in this church. And one day you might, you know, you did, you might, one day you might be a help, and if, if Brother McMurtry has a, a bus ministry, you might be a help on the bus ministry, or if he has a deaf ministry, might be a help on the deaf ministry, or a jail ministry, or whatever ministry God gives us this pastor. You folks one day might be doing something amazing in the church. Some of you folks are already helping bringing food here for the fellowship, but I can't wait to eat the food. I fasted between meals and everything. That's a joke. Sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> that joke again. I'm on fire. I'm rolling today. But, and you folks want to help out something. I appreciate that. Listen, there's nothing better than serving in a church. There's something amazing about serving in a church and getting involved and helping out, especially being a help and watching folks' lives get changed. No, you're not changing their lives. Jesus Christ is. But you get to be the tool to watch someone's life get changed. Nothing better than that. And I tell you folks, God honors those who serve. He really does. He blesses them. Don't turn there, but John twelve twenty six says, If any man serve me, Jesus is talking now, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. God said, Jesus said there, listen, if you serve me, my Father, God is going to honor you. Listen folks, it is great to serve. And what Martha was doing wasn't horrible. Martha wasn't out smoking a cigarette in the parking lot. She wasn't out getting drunk. She wasn't doing anything wicked. She was making a meal for the Savior. Man, praise the Lord. Hey, ladies, if you cook for less God, I'm coming to your house tomorrow. No, I was um, but she was making a meal for Jesus Christ, and she was doing something good. Nothing bad there. And, um, and it's good to serve. We're supposed to be a servant. We're supposed to help out. But let's see the story here. If you look at, let's look at Luke 10. If you have your Bible, Luke 10, verse 38. It says... Um, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So Martha has Jesus Christ over. And she has her in her house. And listen, if you ever had people over your house for supper, usually the, the, usually the way things work is, if you're hosting people, you make the meal. I've never been in someone's house before as a guest, show up at their house, sit down, and the host says, okay, the food's in there, make it yourself. Or microwave says, no, they don't do that. They have you come in, they offer you some sweet tea with lemonade or whatever you get, and they give you something to drink, and they make a nice meal for you, and make dessert for you. Why? Because they're hosting, they're having you over. And that's what Martha was doing. She was having Jesus Christ over. Look at Luke 10, verse 40. 
But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Again, when you invite someone to your house, man, you want people to help you. And if you have, maybe you have someone in your house, your sister is not helping you, you probably get frustrated too. That was going on. Now let's look, at, let's look at Mary on the other hand. Instead of helping Martha, Mary was sitting at Jesus Christ's feet. That's all she was doing. She wasn't lifting a finger to pour some lemonade. She wasn't setting any placemats. She wasn't making any rolls. She wasn't baking any, anything. She was doing nothing to help Martha. All she was doing was sitting at Jesus Christ's feet. Now, what does Jesus say about that? Look again at what Jesus says here in um, uh, Luke chapter 10. It says here in verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, the one who is doing the cooking, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Verse 42, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Folks, Jesus Christ was saying, Listen, Martha, you're so busy, and I appreciate you being busy, but Mary has chosen a better thing. What he was saying was, it's better for you to be sitting at my feet than you to be serving. Now, let me, before any of you, I don't, I don't want to give you guys the wrong idea. Again, it's so important to serve. But the point I'm trying to make is, folks, more important than serving is spending time at Jesus Christ's feet. Brother Lankowski, what are you talking about? When I mean spend time at Jesus Christ's feet, I mean having something called a devotional life. Having a spirit, having a life where you spend time in the Bible. When I first got saved at 21 years old, I never the Bible, as far as I knew, was nothing. No disrespect, but the Bible was nothing more than a paperweight. Before I got saved, it didn't mean anything to me. It collected dust and sat on my on my, on my bookshelf. I was lucky I picked it up once a year. After I got saved, I got in church. I heard a preacher, kind of like Pastor Murtry, started preaching about this book, and he started preaching on something called having a walk with God. I said, "What in the world is that? A walk with God?" You mean I actually get up in the morning and walk with him? I can't even see him. How was I supposed to walk with him? And I wasn't trying to be goofy. I mean, I, I honestly didn't know what it meant. And he started explaining what it meant having a devotional life. Okay, what does that mean? It means spending time with God. You talk to Him by praying to Him. He talks to you by reading His Word. It's having a relationship. Um, if you might have a good friend. I, I, I think of our friends I had when I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey real close to the, brand, the Super Bowl championship in New, York, in New York Giants, praise the Lord. But I grew up in New Jersey and I had some close friends there. and we, We'd spend time talking every day. We were real close. But when I moved away from New Jersey, I stopped talking to them because we were far away. Our relationship kind of dwindled. Nothing bad happened. I wasn't that rude to them. They were rude to me. But since we spent less time together, our relationship didn't get stronger. What I'm trying to say is, folks, your relationship gets stronger with Jesus Christ, with God, when you spend time with Him. How do you spend time with Him? Having a walk with God. Having a devotional life. You spend time with God when you read His Bible. He spends time. You talk to Him when you pray. He talks to you when you read His Bible. And that's how you have a relationship. And that relationship grows. And Jesus Christ said, listen, I'm glad you're serving. I'm glad you're coming to church. I'm glad you're, you're uh, maybe you help out and cook good food. And you, and you do help out Pastor McMurtry. Maybe you're a good husband, you're a good wife. Those things are so important. But more important than that, Jesus Christ said, is spend time with me. That's a needful right. thing. That's need- and the thing about that is, I found out it wasn't that difficult to do. I'm nothing special. I'm a sinner saved by grace. If it wasn't Jesus Christ, I'd be on my way to hell tonight. I would be. I'm saved. Praise the Lord. I'm going to heaven. If you're a sinner you're saved, you're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. But having a walk with God is so easy. All it means is opening up your Bible and spending some time with God. 
and, and spend time in prayer. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to, any, you have, you don't have to know anything about God's Word. Just pick a, a passage of Scripture. Maybe start in the book of Psalms or the bar, a book of John. Pastor Murtry could probably give you some good places to start. And don't you have to read the whole, you know, the whole Bible one day. Oh, I'm getting fired for work. You want to read the whole Bible one day? No, I'm not saying that. Maybe a couple verses. Maybe a chapter. Spend time with Him. Uh, and spend time in prayer. Maybe ten minutes in prayer. Not hours, you know, begging God. Three hours later, you're wearing burlap and, and ashes. And you're, and you're, oh God. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying just spend a few minutes with Him. What are you doing? You're having a relationship. And Jesus Christ said that's a needful thing. That's the most important. More important than serving. More important than serving God is spending time with Him. Um, again, as, as, as I said at the beginning, it's great to serve the Lord, but sitting at His feet or spending time with Him is more important. Folks, serving the Lord is a byproduct of spending time with Him. Spending time with Him is not a byproduct of serving the Lord. Let me give you an example. Uh, brother, what's your name back? Yes, sir. I'm Merlin. Merlin? Merlin. Merlin. So, sorry, I'm Merlin. He's the best looking guy here in the church. Praise the Lord. But Merlin, uh, I, but Merlin, he comes to church, and Merlin, he, say he's a scholar. He reads the Bible every day. He prays for hours. I mean, he's just a man of God. Walks with Lord, all, he walks on water in the winter. Merlin, he's a blessing. Merlin, he's a walk with God. He reads the Bible every day and prays, and God says the most needful thing. And because he's a walk with God, he starts going to the pastor merchant. Pastor merchant, I want to help you here, I want to help you there. And he starts growing. And when the time is right, pastor the merchant said, okay, Merlin, I want you to get you involved. And he grows in the Lord, praise the Lord, because he's having a walk with God. His walk with God, his devotional life, it starts at the cause, and the effect of it is getting involved, having a good, being a servant. But what happens to Merlin? says, you know what? I'm sick of reading the Bible, I'm sick of praying. He stops reading the Bible and praying. If I came back from a year from now, and for whatever reason Pastor Murtry had me in to come back and preach again, I'd be shocked that Merlin was still sitting in that pew. Because he stops reading his Bible and stops praying, then his being a servant stops as well. Right. Folks, it all starts reading this book. When I got to say, I was not a good Christian. I got to say that a wicked lifestyle. I really did. And God, through a whole bunch of circumstances, started changing my life, but it started with this book. And it took time. It didn't happen overnight, folks. It doesn't happen right away. You don't have to be a stellar Christian. You don't have to read books of the Bible. Just take a verse. One verse. Spend five minutes in prayer. What are you doing when you're talking with them? Having a relationship. Look, when I first met my wife, Kelly, I didn't know anything about her. I knew she was a very beautiful woman, but that's all I knew about her. That's all I needed to know. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so, uh, um, um, and But we started talking for a few minutes here, and a few minutes there, and the more we talked, the more relationship grew. But it, all, it didn't start, I was talking for hours. We talked a few minutes. Oh, excuse me. Is that my water down there? I'm going to get talking with her. What time is it? Oh, you look beautiful. No. Uh, no uh, but I would, I would uh, talk to her for a few minutes. Our relationship started growing. The more we talked, our relationship grew. It started off very small. Folks, your relationship with God can start out very small. You don't have to be this humongous scholar. To start small, what are you doing? You're having a walk with God, and that's the most important thing, having a walk with God. Um, let me explain what I mean, what I mean by serving the Lord. It's a des- serving the Lord is a desire in your heart to do something for Jesus, and when you do it, you do it out of a joyful heart. See, Nehemiah 8, verse 10, the, last, the end of that verse, Nehemiah eight ten says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Pastor Munkowski, what is the Bible saying? I'm actually become like be able to 500 pounds. I, I have a joy. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you ever talk to a Christian and they're always in a good mood? I mean, it makes you sick. You know, <laughs> why are you always happy? Why are you being bad every now and then? Try to kick them and slash your tires, maybe I'm being in a bad mood or something. <laughs> I'm joking. 
But you talk to Christians, they're always happy. Their lives be falling apart, but they're always happy. I have a good, a good friend of mine. His name is Caleb Hansen. The brother of Murphy knows him well. His, his sister's, I'm sorry, his wife's sister, her name is Catherine Hudson, she's denied, diagnosed with cancer, stage 4 liver cancer. It's pretty serious. Now, of course, she's, she's broken up about it, and that's pretty serious. But when they talk to her, she's positive. She's upbeat the best she can. She's encouraged because there's something about her. Because she has a walk with God. She has a joy of the Lord. And that's her strength. And folks, the point I'm trying to make is when we talk to someone, they're always upbeat. They're always encouraged. They're always excited to be a Christian. They love serving God. They love coming to church because they have a walk with God. And that walk with God becomes their strength. It's like when you eat food, you can run a mile. Uh, 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 When I moved into our house here in Quincy... I, before I moved in Quincy, I lived in a town called Bradley. We had a little, a little uh, piece of lawn to mow. It was like this big. You know, I mowed it like in five seconds with a push mower. Move out to Quincy, it's a lot bigger. Things are bigger. Same price, but bigger yard. Praise the Lord. And I had almost an acre of land. It's pretty neat. But you try it, mow an acre of land with a push mower, forget it. So I'm mowing the thing. <sighs> Water! You know, I'm dying. And, uh, and the thing was, I had no physical strength left. So the wife said, my wife said, hey, time to eat. You know, we'll eat something. I'm in, I'm rejuvenated. Yeah, get some food into me. That food becomes my strength. I can keep going. It's the same thing with the Bible. Maybe you keep going for God, but sometimes you get discouraged. You get, you get things come along and Satan tries to, to, to trip you up or, or things happen in life and you get discouraged. You, you want to quit serving God. If you stop reading the Bible, that's what's going to happen. But when you start reading the Bible and have a walk with God, that becomes your strength that helps you to keep going. Folks, the Christian life is not difficult. It's all about this thing right here. It's that simple. That's what's so amazing about a good Bible-believing church when they preach God's Word. It's, they'll, they'll preach it to you straightforward. It's this, this is it right here. This book, this Bible, will become your strength. And spending time with Him in prayer will also be your strength. That's a joy. And that will help you have a joy. And that will be your strength. Um, <clears throat> Now, let me ask you, let me, let me close and let me just give you three points. I told you, it, when you, when you spend time at Jesus' feet, it's the most needful thing, the most important thing. It also gives you strength. But let me give you three other things that are great about sitting at Jesus Christ's feet. Obviously, it's the most important thing, we know that. But also, there are rewards from sitting at His feet. What's the first reward from sitting at Jesus Christ's feet? Number one, it's a place of healing. Go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 30, if you would. Matthew 15, verse 30. That's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew 15, 30. So number one, what's, so, what's a benefit or what's a, a blessing or encouragement of sitting at His feet, spending time in His Word, spending time praying to Him, you get it's a place of healing. It says here, And great multitudes came unto Him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, Main and many others and cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. So Jesus Christ was here and he's in the story, he's, he's in town and people come and bring physically diseased people to Jesus Christ and they throw them down at his feet. People who, are, who can't walk, people who can't hear, they can't see. I mean, they're physically, they're handicapped physically. And they throw, Jesus Christ, throw them at his feet. Where? At his feet. And he heals them. Folks, Spiritually speaking, we're living in a land with a lot of spiritual diseases. People have addictions. People have, are struggling with a lot of different things. There's a lot of things going on which are contrary to the Word of God. There's a lot of people out there and the powers to be that are trying to hurt the church and hurt Christians, if you will, and, and have their own agendas. And I, I don't want to get into it. 
But we have, let me, lack of a better word, let me just say a lot of diseases out there, spiritually speaking, trying to hurt Christians. And in this story, in this verse, excuse me, people brought these diseased people where? To Jesus' feet. And it was there at his feet they healed him. So you, you have gone along in life, you find out you lost your job. We all need to work when you make money. I understand money's a part of life. It's a tool. It's all it is. And you make money to work a job, and you lose your job, and you lost your money, and you don't have your regular income, and, and things are just going wrong. You figured you'd be debt-free in a year, but now you're not going to be debt-free, now you're going to be deeper in debt or whatever. And things are going the wrong way, and you're discouraged, and, 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 and you start getting bitter and angry, and it sense as a disease, if you will, the spiritual disease, your bitterness and anger, and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of negativity, a lot of anti-God, if you will, stuff are inside of you, if you will, spiritually speaking. Where do you go to get healing from that? At Jesus Christ's feet. Pastor Munkowski, how do I do that? Hey, spend time as Word. Well, how's Word going to help me? Best thing to do, you know what you do? Go to Pastor Mercy. Pastor Mercy, I'm struggling with bitterness. I'm bitter. He'll give you some verses specifically to help you with bitterness. I just learned from his daddy today. with the daddy's church. His dad preached on bitterness. Man, that was a huge help. Bitterness will hurt you. It'll destroy you if you're not careful. And Pastor Mercy might tell you some verses to go to, and those verses will help you in dealing with the diseases you have and where are you getting those verses from? The Bible. What happens when you're in the Bible is what you're doing is sitting at Jesus Christ's feet. And when you're at His feet, you're getting healing. Look, folks, I don't know about you, but I don't like having turmoil inside. Bitter, angry, you're angry towards someone. Just, it's not, not a good feeling. And it causes stress and a whole bunch of other stuff that's not healthy. But when you get rid of all that stuff and you get the peace of God on you, man, it's a good feeling when you have you, you can do one of these things. <sighs> Unless you're in a polluted area, you start coughing. But, um, but man, it's a good feeling. We have no anger or bitterness in you. And folks, when we're at Jesus Christ's feet, it's a place of healing. When we're at Jesus' feet, we spend time with Him in our Bible and prayer time. That's the time we can cry out to Him and let Him know what's troubling and causing us pain. Listen, folks, I have something we call a prayer closet. Now, I'm not saying it's a special closet you have called prayer on it. What that means is it's a place you get alone and spend time with God. Why? Because then you can spend time with God and, and you can spend, not, not spooky or hocus pocus, nothing like that. All it is is a time where you just pray to God. But it's hard to pray to God when you're around other people all the time. It's hard to be really sincere with God. But when you get alone and spend time with Him a few minutes a day, in my old house in Bradley, it was in our basement. I do my devotions early in the morning because the kids are still sleeping. It's, it's, it's very quiet. I go down to the basement, I read the Bible, and I pray. And if something spoke to my heart, I'm having a rough day, and I want to start crying, and no one's around. I don't care if people are listening to me. There's no one around. I'm in prayer closet, me and the Lord. It's all it is. And I can tell you how many times I get off my feet. The problem hasn't changed, but I got a piece of God inside of me. I can do one of these things. No, the problem is still there, but I know God's going to help me. And He does. He helped me through His Word. It's a place of healing. Um... Number two, the second thing, the second reward from sitting at his feet, the second good thing that happens, number two, it's a place of worship. Go to Matthew 28, verse 9. Matthew 28, verse 9. Again, it's in the first book of the New Testament. It says here, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail, and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Now, in this, in this verse here, the people who are, are at his feet, are grabbing him at his feet, holding him by the feet, are Mary and Martha. Folks, I'm not going to do it to not risk embarrassing myself, 
But if, if there was someone up here and I was at their feet, actually, let me hear. Uh, Jason. Which one's Jason? Come on, Jason. Here, second, buddy. I want you to come at my feet, brother. Worshiping those All right. If, if Jason wants to hold my feet, go ahead and hold my feet. Where do you have to get down? All the way down your knees. Yes. All right. So shut up. Spin on Oscar. <laughs> God bless you, man. Now, if he wants to hold my feet, what is he, look how he's positioned. Number one, he's down on his knees. And he might have his head down, and, and one of these things, thank you, brother, I'm embarrassing you very much here, praise the Lord. Exactly, I want to kill you, Pastor Murnikowski. But, um, look, when you are worshiping Jesus Christ's feet, it's a place of prostrating, a place of submission, a place where you're down. There's no pride. When you realize who you are, there's no, you don't have to put on a show, you don't put on a facade, you don't have to act cool. Hey, this is between you and the Lord. It's a place of worshiping for who He is. Last time I checked, the one who gave me breath was Jesus Christ. Last time I checked, the one who gave me my wife was the Lord. Last time I checked, the one who gave me four wonderful children, look like their mother, praise the Lord, is, is, is God. Last time I checked, the one who called me to Quincy to start a church is God. Last time I checked, the one who gave me cars is the Lord. Last time I checked, the one who gave me life and health and everything else is the Lord. I worship Him at His feet. Worship is not a scary thing. You hear that word, word worship all the time. Worship, worship, worship. All worshiping really is, it means a lot of things, but in this sense, it can also mean just thanking Him for who He is. Hey, Lord, thank you for who you are. Look, folks, I talked about the needful thing is spending time with him, reading the Bible and praying. I encourage you, when you get a chance, when you pray, just stop. And it's good to ask him for faith. Lord, help me with my health, help me with my wife, help me with my husband, help me with this, that, and everything. It's good to pray for him. Pray without teaching, the Bible says. But stop and thank him for who he is. Lord, thank you for giving me life. Thank you for pointing me to Rock Falls. Thank you for bringing me here to Liberty Baptist Church. Thank you for passing me mercury. Thank you, God, for being a great God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We were, uh, yesterday we were uh, leaving to come up here, and I, I, like I said, I have this acre of land, and it's hard to push it with a push mark, I'll get a stroke and pass out of a uh, heat stroke and everything, exhaustion, so I needed to find a riding lawnmower. They're not cheap, they're very expensive, very, very expensive. So I was trying to find a lawnmower that would uh, fit our budget. And we were riding by, and I saw it. Oh, angels were singing, like it's listening. It was a John Deere lawnmower. Angels were singing out of heaven, right? The clouds open and go. No, I was kidding. I'm fool myself here. But my wife said, she is. And I tell you what, I saw the John Deere mower, that beautiful green and yellow combination, praise the Lord. And I tell you, all this excited when I saw the John Deere mower. And I started, yeah, it's just selling for $2,000, $3,000. Yeah, right. I saw the price tag. I was like, holy cow, I can afford that. I was in the price. Turn around, went up and talked to the guy. I'm like, this has to be some kind of joke. This thing's probably falling apart. Something's wrong with this, this lawnmower. But I tell you what, when, when I turned around and talked to that guy about the lawnmower, and he said, yeah, that's how much I want for it. Now, we were praying for We want a lawnmower. I need a lawnmower. God blesses with a lawnmower. We'll pick it up tomorrow, praise the Lord. Hey, I was saying God the whole time for what I was going to worship Him. Thank God for all He's done for me. Thank you for being so good. Hey, we need to thank Him for all He's done for me to worship Him. When you sit at His feet, you can worship Him. Worshiping Him is a good thing for us. Help us as Christians to grow in the Lord, realizing how much He's done for us. Look, when I was a kid, I didn't really appreciate my parents as much until I became a parent. All they've done for me, my mom and dad sacrificed for us over and over and put up with us. I mean, everything going on for how good they've been to us. But when I realized how good they were to me, I thanked them. Mom, thank you. Dad, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When you worship Him, you're realizing how good He is to you. And he's so good to us, folks. We live in America, the best country in the world. We could be somewhere else in a starving country. We're here in America. We have clothes on our back, a roof over our head, food in our stomach. 
Man, we're so good. Worship Him. Worship Him. I know I'm beating dead horse. Number three, and I'm done here. What's the third wonderful thing about sitting at His feet? It's a place of a sound mind. Don't turn there for sake of time. But Luke 8.35 says, Then they went out to see that what was done and came to Jesus and found the man of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And this story is a man who was possessed with a bunch of demons. Jesus Christ came to him. He cast the demons out of him. That man who was once insane, once crazy, once people didn't want to go near him because he was so un, uh, he, they couldn't understand this man. He now was in his clothes. He was in right mind. He could talk to him in conversation. It all happened because he was at Jesus Christ's feet. Folks, we're living in a day we're full of stress. In 1983, Time Magazine declared that stress was the epidemic of the 80s. What does, it say, what does it say about us now? The American Institute of Stress estimates that 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are for illnesses caused or made worse by stress. So, so this, this health board estimates that today, 75 to 90% of our diseases are caused because of stress. We live in a stressful world, folks. If you're in America, you're American, you have a job, you have, you have bills to pay, you have responsibilities, it can be stressful. We're living in the economy is not as great as it once was. Things aren't as firm or secure as they once used to be. Hey, it can be stressful. How am I going to pay my bill? How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay the rent? Maybe the ch- your chick kid gets sick you're, or something comes up. Man, it can be a stressful time. But when you're at Jesus Christ's feet, a time when you're in your sound mind. Husband and wife, you realize you're having a rough day and things are going rough. The best thing, one of the best things you can do is get alone for a few minutes and spend time with God. Maybe in your car on the way home. Pretend like you're talking on a cell phone. People look at you and say, why is that guy talking to himself? <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of weird, but I do that myself sometimes. I'll put myself on my ear and pretend I'm talking to somebody, and I was talking to God the whole way home. You just say, somebody's crying, Lord, help me today. It's a tough day for me. Things are going down. These things are falling apart. This was not according to my plan. I need you today. And when I get home, again, the problem hasn't been fixed. But I have a sound mind. Things are rational in my mind. I can, I can concentrate. I don't have that weight of the world on my shoulders, so to speak. Folks, it's a good time to be like Jesus' feet. It's a place where you get a sound mind. At His feet is a time of peace and serenity, folks. People are looking for peace everywhere you go. They're looking for things that make them happy, to give them peace. The best place to find it is at His feet. At His feet. Uh, serving God is important for Christians, but sometimes we get so caught up with serving that we seem to be doing it mechanically and we forget to put our heart into it. See, what happens if you don't serve time, spend time with Jesus Christ, you'll stop serving Him or you'll serve Him not with a heart to serve Him. You'll serve Him because you have to, not because you want to. Let me close with this, this, uh, this uh, quote. There was, there was a great preacher named Ian Bounds. He said, Prayer is the contact of a living soul with God. In prayer, God stoops to kiss man, to bless man, and to aid in everything that God can devise or man can need. It's pretty neat. He said, listen, in prayer is when God comes down to you and spends time with you. You know what floors me, folks? The King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, or the God who made the earth in six days, who is so powerful, He holds the heavens in His hand, wants to spend time with you and me. That, that floors me every time I think about it. Well, who am I? What is man that thou art mindful of him, the Bible says? We're nothing special. Yet he wants to spend time with us. The best thing you can do as a father, as a husband, as a child, as a teenager, as, as, a, as a person, a human being, is to spend time at his feet. Because when you spend time at his feet, that's the most important thing. Let me ask you all to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to pray and pass the if you want to come.
Father, love you and thank you, Lord. Thank you for how good you are to us. I know I've got some got silly there in the middle, Lord, but I do thank you, Father, for your word. And I know there's good folks in this room. I believe people one day you want to get involved, want to serve. And when time is right, that will happen, Lord. But help them to realize we can so caught, get so caught up in serving or, or our routine that we can forget about doing the most important thing, which is sitting at your feet. Spending time in prayer, spending time in your word. Help us as Christians. Some are mature Christians, some are baby Christians, all, all at levels in between in this room today. But all of us, all of us need to be at your feet all the time. It's the most needful thing. Love you and thank you. But also we ask your name. Let's all stand together with their heads bowed and eyes closed.